Welcome to the Metal Bob Live Podcast. I am your host, Metal Bob. Today's show is brought to you by Legend Picks and also artist Jeremiah Kallick. You can find links to our sponsors and more at the Metal Bob Live website. There you can also find links to the latest Metal Bob gear, including shirts, hoodies, and more. On today's show, I had the honor of speaking with vocalist Andrew Elt from the Sleazebees, The Moon, and his most current project, Seven Miles to Pittsburgh. We discuss Seven Miles to Pittsburgh, we discuss the Sleazebees, have a few laughs and more. So sit back, have a listen, and enjoy the show. Thank you. All right, on the phone with me is Mr. Andrew Elt, former Sleazebees, The Moon, and his current project, Seven Miles to Pittsburgh. Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing great. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, I, man, I've really got to check out the Seven Miles to Pittsburgh here this past week, and I got to tell you, man, I really enjoyed it. Oh, cool, man. That's that's awesome. You know, that's uh, like I said, it's a new, new, th- well, relatively new. I mean, it's something I've been doing for the last five years. Uh, yeah, totally different from the good old days, as it were. Right. <laughs> but I'm- something that. I really, I, you know what I really dug about it. You guys, who's playing the keys on this? Is it one of your other band members? Do you guys got a hired keyboard player? I heard some well, on the, pretty good on the keys in some we, of them songs. We, we had a guy, we had a guy come in on the first uh, first album. A guy I know in in Holland. Uh, but our uh, uh, guitar player uh, Joris, who's also a great drummer and, and a good keyboard player, he's kind of the guy that comes up with all the riffs and stuff. On the second album, we actually have our uh, keyboard player that's in the band. Right on. He's, uh, you know, he came up with that uh, uh, that badass uh, uh, solo in, uh, I think it's in Time, the one with the uh, the mini Moog and stuff like that. He's like an old school guy, you know, likes all the older sounds and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it was a team effort, the second one. The, the first one was more more or less just the, the core project that we had, which was me, the bass player and the guitar player. Right, you played. You you lended some guitars to some of them too, right? Yeah, just a little bit. I I I don't really. I didn't really contribute that much to the recording. Uh, just a you know little bits here and there, but um, obviously when you translate all all those uh, guitar parts to a live environment, then then I I, I I get to play a bit more because there's just more intricate stuff in there that. Um, this you know, needs to be played live by two guitar players instead of one. You know, in the studio you have the uh, the luxury of dubbing yourself, so it wasn't really necessary. And I'm like, you know, if it's good, it's good. You know, I don't really have to, you know, put my uh, stamp on it, as it were. Right? Do you have I a? Got, I got en- I got enough. I got enough time and trouble with my own vocal, let alone oh. know, <laughs> intricate guitar parts. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fair enough. So do you have a favorite between the two albums that are currently out and available? Uh, uh, no, not really. You know, it's that old cliche, you know, who's your favorite kid? Right. Uh, <laughs> I know some people might be able to answer that, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, well, they might be, yeah. But uh, no, it's uh, the first one was kind of, I mean, it, it, just the way it came about, uh, the first one will always be kind of memorable because it was, it just really started out as some 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 ideas that uh, uh, Yoris and Martin had had come up with over previous years before we got together, you know, and and I, I for I mean I've said it in a few interviews I re- wasn't really 
up to doing something with it. It was it was a lot more prog prog than it is now. Mm-hmm. And you know, like twelve minute intros before the vocal is allowed to come in. You know, that's where I pass. I'm like, what am I going to do for twelve minutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it was it was just a little bit too intricate for me. And I and and they, you know, credit to the guys, they they gave me uh, carte blanche as far as arranging the ideas came. So I just basically took, you know, a big pair of scissors and started chopping it up into bite size for me, at least, uh, pieces. And, and, and that's how it came about. So as far as collaboration goes with other musicians, this has been by far the easiest one to, to do because, because everybody's open to anything, you know? And, um, and that's kind of cool. It's it, you, you get things done quicker and more efficiently, you know, and it's not, not a lot of milling around, you know, trying to get things right. And, you know, I want it this way because this is my idea, man, and all that, you know, none of that. So, but the first one was kind of just, it just happened. It wasn't, when we started recording, it wasn't even, you know, in, in the planning to, to, to release as a, an album or, you know, form a band. It was just something that we were doing in, in between stuff that we were doing. The second one, obviously, then was was more uh, okay. We need to do a second album now, and um, uh, came about differently because basically those ideas were already there, and we knew how we were going to work it this time. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one took took a while. It took about a couple of years, actually. Not that we were it took that long because we didn't know what we were doing, but it was just the you know I was touring with other bands uh, as a tour manager, or I was you know the, the, we didn't really have the time. They were doing other stuff, so it was like in between what we were n- normally doing. So that's why it took so long. The second one, a bit faster, and hopefully this one will be a lot faster too. Okay. Well, one question I did have, and, was, and I I couldn't wait actually to ask you this was the name Seven Miles to Pittsburgh. Who came up yeah. with that? Well, it, um, I I'd like to say it was me. Um, I, I wrote, I wrote the song Pittsburgh, the mm-hmm. one on, uh, second song, third song on the album. Right. And it was something I had experienced in, in the States. It was kind of a, something that, um, uh, uh, cause that's how you come up with ideas. You know, it, it's not so much that I write about experiences and it's, it's all, uh, um, what I experienced from A to Z. It's more like, Okay, I, I witnessed that, and then I take that idea, and and you know it it evolves. You know, you 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 storytelling. You know, you make things up. It's like a movie. You know, uh, based on real facts, but you know, to to give it some dynamic and some uh, some viewing pleasure, you change bits. You know, and this was what happened with with this song Pittsburgh. And so when it came time, you know, hey, we need a name for the band. It's like that's the most difficult thing in the world right now, is because. All, all the names, all the good names are taken, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is tough back, to come back, up. back when the Beatles, it was the Beatles, the Who, the Kinks, the Pretty Things. You know, it was all you know, just regular words. If you, if you, if you, if, you know, for lack of a better uh, uh, explanation, you know, the names got more intricate. And but now, you know, it got like, oh, I got a great name. I had, I had a really good one called the Saturn Five. Okay. You know, Saturn V being the, 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 that rocket that, that took the first man to the moon. Right. And uh, I thought the Saturn V was cool. You know, there's five of us taken. Damn. So, you know, but you go on the internet and you just need to type in that word. And then there's, hey, there's a, 
you know, a, a covers band out of Montana that's called the Saturn Five, and you're like, okay, well, that one's taken. So it, we went through all this, man. It came up with some really cool names, and just after a while, it was like, hey, we need a name. Right. Records done, sleeves done, everything's done. We haven't got a name. So I said, well, let's just choose one of our the titles of one of our songs. You know, maybe that. So I came, okay, seven miles to Pittsburgh, and we looked that up and. Nobody was stupid enough to have a name like that. <laughs> so, so, so we said, oh, that, well, you know, after a while, it's just like, what's in a name, right? I, I read a, an interview with, uh, with Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters, when, when he came up, that, that he, he still regrets having come up with that name, Foo Fighters. Really? And I'm like, that, that's a cool name, man, for a band. But I guess the name evolves, you know, it becomes separate to the actual meaning. And for him, it was just something that he wrote on his demo when he when he wrote his first albums, like, you know, and it stuck. So uh, but it's the same if you if you, you know, the Rolling Stones. I mean, really, if you just take away the, the image of that band and just say, I'm going to call my band the Rolling Stone. OK, but it just becomes something else. It's you know, it, does, it, it, it doesn't relate to the actual words anymore. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm in hindsight, it's a cool name. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I kind of did the thing backwards. I, I actually went and listened to the second album first, and then I went back and okay. listened to the first album. All right. I really dug okay. Bad Enough and Olympus. I thought those them were the first two tracks off of uh, Revela- Revolution on Hold, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, great. And you guys did a great job, man. I really enjoyed both those records. Yeah. And, and you know, it's another uh, thing about those records is, I mean, I've, I've always, whenever I've made records, you know, back in the day with Sleazebees, it was always like a big studio with, you know, giant, you know, desk and huge speakers and a producer and cost a hell of a lot of money back in the day. You know, if you didn't have a record company, then you couldn't make a record. That was basically it. But nowadays it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's totally different. You can, you know, if you, if you have some bits and pieces, you know, some good speakers and a computer and, and some good microphones, then you can make an album, you know, all you need is good songs and some good ideas. Right. And that's how we did ours. It was totally independent. No record company. We made our own record company, um, which is just a, you know, a name. You just need it to actually release an album. Mm-hmm. And we recorded it, um, you know, in, in, in our own little studio setup, which is you know, your place looks tidier than our studio, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we, if there's cables everywhere and and equipment and stuff, but it works, you know. Right. You know, roll up. You know, to start. Well, I was going to say start the tape, but there's no tape involved nowadays. So we did all that ourselves. You know, all all the production and the mixing and um, th- that's a good feeling because you're not tied tied to anybody's opinion or you know if you don't do it this way, then we're going to cut your budget kind of thing. You know, which was back in the day, you tend to listen to your record companies and you know, they maybe force a producer on you and I try this guy and try that guy. And, but this is just us, you know, right. Don't listen to anybody, just make something. And it, that's a kind of a breath of fresh air, man, to, to write songs and record s- stuff like that. Absolutely. You know, and, it, and it's up to you guys, you guys are driving the, driving the ship. So yeah, yeah, you know. exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. And I also was going to ask you too, man. So I heard, well, I didn't hear, I know for a fact that you were tour manager for Walter Trout. I was kind of interested in that. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Well, I've been working for Walter now uh, this year. Well, last year would have been 20 years. Okay. 
And it's something that I kind of rolled into around about, uh, we talked about this last week, around about the turn of the millennium, 2000 is when, uh, I mean, Sleazeby stopped as a band in 96. And then I did The Moon. Mm-hmm. And I had a, you know, a, a covers band going here in Holland that had some, some work and stuff. And then I happened to, and I was doing some stage uh, managing gigs just to you know get have some money and stuff and i did a festival in my hometown with uh, where i was working the stage but i also performed i did a, a, a we did a little beatles medley as a opening thing for this big festival and he saw that and he's a big beatles fan and he you know he complimented me as i came off stage which you know i mean it happens a lot you know it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna end up working for the guy but in this case he was on after us and a quick change of clothes for me, and I was the stage manager for his gig. And uh, he saw that, recognized that. We got talking after the gig and you know, exchanged phone numbers, whatever, pleasantries. And uh, usually that's it when you bump into people. But he called me after a couple of weeks and said that he was looking for a tour manager for an upcoming European tour. This was in 2000. And I said, well, man, I'll, you know, give me, a, give me a couple of days. I'll see if I can find somebody who's available. And he said, no, man, you, you, you misunderstand me. I know who I want. I want you to, to be my tour manager. Have you tour managed before? And I, I said, yeah. I hadn't. <laughs> but I've been on the road enough to know what a tour manager does and you know, how to get under his skin. There you go. <laughs> as it were, me being on the other side. So, so that's how it happened. And I, I thought it would just be a one-off, you know, help him out. And it turned into, uh, you know, I, I, did, I did tour management for him for about, 10 years, probably, no, probably longer, probably about 12 years worldwide, mm-hmm. including the States and, you know, every, everywhere. And it was only until two, two, 2011, 2012, where I stopped doing the States because I was in that period that I'd been working for him. I'd basically given up on, you know, music myself. I wasn't really, I was just doing bits and pieces in between, but I wasn't writing anymore. And I figured, you know, that's it. I'm done. And I kind of got back into it a, a bit and then figured I needed a little bit of time to start something myself. You know, if I'm gone all the time, nobody wants to start a band with somebody who's n- never there, right? Right. So so I stopped working in the States uh, in, in about 2011 and then basically started, uh, uh, you know, s- some ideas of my own, doing some stuff of my own. But I kept working with him in Europe and, and you know, in some, some other uh, places. And I still work for him, you know, except last year. Obviously, nobody was out on the road. Right. But um, hopefully, uh, you know, sometime this year, we, we can pick it up again. And, yeah, tour managing, uh, Walter, man, it's, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's, it's cool to do it from the other side. So, you, so it's basically the whole picture now. I've, I've been on stage in the spotlight, and then with him, I'm off stage, you know, taking care of everything that needs to be taken care of. Yeah, watching from the other side of the fence. That's what I like to call it. Yeah, 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 definitely. And it, and it was in the beginning. It was it was weird, but uh, it's 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 definitely made me appreciate both sides of the of the you know both sides of the fence, as it were. You know, right. uh, much more. Yeah, you know, and I know there's a ton. I mean, I don't. I personally never did that, but I do know that there's a ton of work that goes into those shows. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, hey, you know, back in the day, here's the thing: when I was on the road with with Sleazebees. Uh, especially when we toured the States, um, I was always aware and appreciative of crew and what was going on around me. 
no disrespect to the guys in the band, but they definitely took partying to the next level. And uh, for me, it was just something I couldn't do uh, because I had to ch take care of my voice. You know, it was it's ex excruciating on the road. You know, you, you you don't sleep much. You're in a tour bus, you know, with with ten other guys. You know, everybody's farting and belching and up late and keeping you up. And so I had to really really knuckle down on uh, on 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 just take care of myself, which made me more aware of what was going on and appreciated, you know, the driver. I was always up front with a driver, you know, 6 a.m., you know, seeing the sun come up and talking with him. And I was always, uh, you know, the crew, the guy who sell the merch. So I was subconsciously back then always aware of these people. So when it came around to doing tour management stuff, it's basically reversed. You reverse everything because now you're on the other side. But because I'd been aware of it, it was it was easy for me to to fit in. I, I just say, okay, so what does this guy, what do I need to do to take, to make sure that this guy uh, is in the best position to jump on stage and give his best performance? That's all it is. Right. It's the reverse thing. It's what I would expect if I was on stage and, you know, and, 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 and I had a guy working for me, you know, then, you know, what, what, what do I expect this guy to do? So it was just a reverse thing. And it, it, it worked out, you know, even though I hadn't, physically done a tour managing gig i definitely know know how to do it right and you know you talk about your vocals and you know that's that's something else you know you can you can knock a guitar out of tune and tune it right back up man you mess up your throat yeah. then you <laughs> you can't just tune it back up snap it snap a string and then you just put on put on a new set right yeah. you, but your voice goes and it's uh yeah it's uh, it's tough man it, you know I, I bet you there's singers out there that um hang on let me just switch this off um You there? Sorry, man. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I quit. I quit the wrong, the wrong program. Are we are we back on? We still. Oh. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Oh wow! Now you're way distorted. Let me just turn you down a bit here. Am I, am I okay? For, uh, yeah, vocally? I can hear you just fine. You just okay, turn the video off. Little, yeah, video's off here. Yeah, that, you're just a little distorted here. Let me let me see what's going on. That's okay. Um. So where were we? What what did I say? Um. Now we were talking saying? about the whole vocal thing. You know. Oh, the vocal thing. Yeah. So. Um, uh, you know, there's some, there's some singers out there that are naturally gifted and can just do whatever they want and stuff. But for me, I, I really have to work my voice. Um, I don't have to worry so much about, you know, pitch and, um, you know, singing. If I sing a song, it's, it's, it comes really easy. I don't have to think about that, but just actually taking care of my voice, the, the physical, the physical side of it, you know, warming up uh not going over the top with alcohol and stuff and getting enough sleep so that my voice can actually give it time to rest and so that it's at its peak the next evening you know what i mean stuff like that i really have to knuckle down on that and uh and that's cool you know i don't i don't really have a problem with that but it's definitely uh you have to be really uh what you what's what's the word i'm looking for um 
there's a lot of uh, self-discipline involved. In right. That. Absolutely. So besides, you know, singing, I know you play a little guitar. Do you play any other instruments? Uh, no, not, not, well, yeah, you know, cowbell and a, and a shaker. Cowbell and a, shaker. And a, and a, and a tambourine. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. Yeah, I, I play a little guitar, you know, I mean, I, I can, I can get away with some stuff. Uh, I always put it like that and, uh, enough for, to, to write and to, uh, come up with stuff and enough to be, to be able to, uh, you know, uh, play second fiddle to, to our guitar player in, in seven miles to Pittsburgh. Right. Um, but other than that, no, it's that and, and vocals. Um, I don't really no, I mean, if if you count, uh, you know, chopsticks on the piano as playing an instrument, then I, yeah, I can play piano. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, and then you're also, are you still currently doing any, I mean, obviously nobody's doing anything right this moment, but the physical graffiti, right. the Led Zeppelin tribute? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. That 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 is something that um, that I've been doing now for 10 years. And... We, we, it's it's a good gig. It's a state. It's a steady uh, uh, thing that we do at a at a you know, pretty pretty good uh, size audiences that we pull. You know, nice stages. You know, like with with good uh, sound uh, systems and a, and a great light show that we can actually put put down a performance. And we like I said, ten years now. I'm going on about maybe sixty seventy shows a year. Um, and it's it's cool, man. It's 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 a great way also of keeping my um, my voice in shape. You know, obviously there's a difference between being on stage and singing than you know under the shower, for example, or you know just practicing at home. So so no, that, that Zeppelin band's doing uh, yeah the the physical graffiti tribute is uh, is is still you know kicking it up. Obviously last year we did up we did a sh uh, a bunch of shows January February March and then lockdown kicked in and we were supposed to do a bunch of shows this january february march but obviously that's not going to happen so all those shows have been moved to uh 22 okay well that's great man um i would like to ask you a few fun fact questions if you don't mind yeah go ahead man all right so you know there is no wrong answer to none of these this is just for fun but, uh, <laughs> i wish they said that at school that, right <laughs> that would have made it a hell of a lot easier <laughs> right <laughs> all right man i'm just gonna ask you something here so eddie van halen or randy rhodes man uh eddie van halen all the way all right one album you could not live without if you could only pick one. Ooh, poor man put me on the spot yeah uh, Nobody likes that question for some reason. No, I, I'm lo I'm looking over my shoulder now at my uh, my record collection, and just that would be an album that you would always go for. Um, one that's oh, it's gonna man. I don't know. I just in 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 that case, if they, if if that was the case, and I was stuck on a, on a, on a on an island somewhere, I just have a Spotify account, and then I could listen to all my records. <laughs> okay, that, that's cheating, <laughs> no. but I'll, I'll take it, man. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw one at you. Uh, God, man. You know, it's easy to say the Beatles or the Stones, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe let it be the Beatles. All right, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. All right, and this is, this is always a good argument. Um, Megadeth or Metallica? I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble if I say neither of those guys. <laughs> hey, 
You can answer it however you <laughs> no. want. No, no, it'd be it'd be metal. I mean, I don't really know much Megadeth. I mean, okay. I know I know of the the history, and I know Dave Mustaine, you know, and him being part of Metallica in the beginning, and there being, you know, his his fact that he got kicked out or whatever or left, you know, gave him the the uh, you know the 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 encouragement he needed to, to make his own band. I'll show these guys kind of attitude. So, you know, I kind of, but you know, Metallica are probably, you know, more influential uh, as far as that genre of, of, of rock rock goes. So yeah, Metallica. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, it was nice though to see those guys kind of reconcile a little bit and they did that big tour together, which was really cool. Yeah. You know, yeah, that was cool. Definitely. Neat, so. Yeah. You know, music should be about that. It shouldn't be about, you know, you know, uh, this guy did that to me and this guy did that, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just music, man. It is making some melodies and trying, trying to make other people's lives a lot, you know, bearable, more bearable and and a better place. That's what it's about. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, you know, and it's, it's kind of sad because a lot of people still hold that grudge, you know, that's why a lot of these bands are, you know, there's either two of the same band or you got three of the guys over here and two of the guys over here. It's kind of. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. You know, it's like, we only, to me, we, that's, yeah. life's too short, man. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you know what? It, I mean, I can understand like, say in, in, in the, in the beginning or like, you know, you've been together five years or six years or seven years, you know, David Lee Roth left Van Halen. And I mean, there's, there's countless, uh, um, uh, examples of that, but yeah, I mean, you, you get older, wiser, hopefully, and then it's like, you know what? You did that back when you were younger, you know? Let, let, let's just do it for old time's sake. You know, that's what we did with the bees, you know, after 15 years. We kind of we just got back together and did it, and it was cool. Yeah. You know, there's no grudges, no uh, no hard feelings about whatever trivial stuff that happened, because it turns out that at the end of the day, you know, when you look back, you go like, really? Is that what we were bitching about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think about it now, it's probably silly, you know, but... Yeah, exactly. You have you? Yeah. Would you ever entertain? I know. I think I asked you this before. Would you ever entertain the idea of doing another Sleaze Bees album, or are you good with what you got going on now? Uh, I like. I I think I'd entertain it, and I, and we talked about this last week. Is that um, you know I I'd rather do or concentrate my my efforts on something new for me, which I think you know Seven Miles to Pittsburgh, even though it's in the genre of rock music whatever it's definitely uh left field from what i was doing back in the 80s oh yeah but back in the 80s that was what what you did you know and that's and and and, you know that was it so to actually you know carbon copy that 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 era now would for me would be uh, you know with all respect to anybody who is out there doing it would be a waste of time for me because basically I've done it and to, to, to make something that sounds like kind of the same is just, you know, it's, 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 it's just not worth doing. But having said that, if, if that band were ever, if we were ever to get into a studio or, or, a, or a, whatever situation where we were writing songs again, yeah, who knows whether it would be an exact copy or of, of what we did back then, I doubt very much. It probably turned into something completely different. Yeah. But um, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to that. Definitely not. I mean, I, I hold no grudges against those guys, and I think it's mutual. Um, so who knows? Awesome. Well, fair enough, man. I appreciate that. I think if, if the carrot's big enough, there you go. 
Well, man, hey, would you like to, while I got you on here, you want to holler out, uh, you know, some websites and stuff where people can find Seven Miles to Pittsburgh? Yeah, uh, Seven Miles to Pittsburgh. Um, you can go to www.7mtp.nl. So uh, we're a Dutch band, obviously. That's a Dutch uh, domain number. Um, we also have a webpage for physical graffiti on Zeppelin Band. And that's www.physicalgraffiti.eu, European Union. Um, and Facebook, you can you, same thing. Seven Miles to Pittsburgh, physical graffiti, and also still Sleesby's. We're, we're on uh, Facebook, so uh, I think we have a Sleesby's website too. But that's kind of dormant at the moment. But you can check it out. It's uh, www.sleesby's.com. Right on. I think. Well, that's great. Well, Andrew, it's been great, man. I appreciate your time as always. Yeah, I'm, man. I th- thanks for listening to the to that new stuff because yeah. Um, if cool. I just want, I just wanted to say this is just the, you know the fact that that you, that that you can record stuff now without having to go into these expensive you know mega studios is great. But on the other hand, it's that, that because everybody is doing it. I mean, there's so much stuff out there, and. You know, there's no record companies as there were back in the days to promote it. So you basically left your own devices to 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 find it. You know, through the, I mean, and then literally the web out there. You know, it's 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 a jungle. So uh, a lot of people don't really aren't really aware of the fact that I'm still you know in the music business, still writing music, still recording, still releasing. So it's great. You know, talk to guys like you out there that um, are willing to. Uh, you just give it a little push so people go like, hey, man, well, like yourself, you know, you didn't know that, yeah. that, I, that I'd done something, hadn't listened to it. But, yeah, go, ha- go ahead. I mean, check it. You know, if, if you if you can't afford to buy the, the CD or the, or the LP, the, the vinyl, which we, we, we have for sale, um, you can listen to it. It's on Spotify. So uh, check it out and see what you think, man. That, that's, that's the most important thing to me is that people listen to it, you know, and if they dig it. Play it again. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, man, not too much usually gets by me, but I, for some reason that one slipped through the cracks on me and, uh, I'm sure glad that we talked and I got to, got to listen because I really enjoyed both albums. Cool, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. And yeah, bad enough, man. I'm going to go crank it right now, dude. That album, they sound from freaking amazing too. So you guys did a hell of a job. It's an old chicken coop, man, where we recorded them. Literally. I, I can tell you there's, there's no secrets to it there's we got two high-end speakers to listen through you got this old computer which is with software on it and we have a little uh uh, without getting too technical here a digital analog converter with with uh you know some microphones and that's it but everything on there is real it's real drums real uh, b3 uh you know guitars uh and, and vocals obviously it's all done in old school way but you know without tape it's all right. and it's all direct to 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 discs and you know it it doesn't have to cost that much you just need to have some you know great musicians to work with and some cool ideas that's it perfect so i got to ask so i know you, i know everybody's got a great story to tell so anything interesting ever happened on the road that you would like to share <laughs> uh Oh, I mean, tons of stuff, you know, I mean, let me, let me think it's, it's been a while. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're out on the road. 
Now we we uh, you know all the crazy stuff you hear about and read about in you know whoever you know feels like writing a book. I mean that all that happens all the time. Um, you know, okay, crazy story. You know, when we were out on the road, I didn't drink uh, for reasons. You know, I just needed to keep my voice in shape, and we we did a like a eighty shows. You know, over the course of the summer in in ninety, and it was a rough, it's rough for a singer. You know, especially when you're not getting hardly getting any sleep. You're doing a lot of traveling. You know, it's uh, <clears throat> a tour bus isn't isn't as uh, glamorous as one might think. But um, on days off. You know, hey, it's a day off, right? So I'm gonna have a couple. So, uh, but I remember uh, once in Memphis when uh, we'd share rooms on a day off, and I shared rooms with Chris, our one of the other guitar player, and he was always up to you know, no good and antics and stuff like that. <laughs> and I remember coming home late. I think I, I think I just stayed at the, the hotel bar and had a couple, and I went, oh, fuck this, I'm going, I'm going to excuse my French, I'm going to bed. And he wasn't, he was still out about, I don't know what he was doing. But I remember waking up like at 4 or 5 a.m. Not knowing what was going on, where I was. And like after, it seemed like minutes, but it's probably only seconds. I figured I'm upside down against the wall, still in my bed. What he what he done? He'd come home, you know, and he's like, "Yeah, I had too many to drink." Saw me sleeping, tried to wake me up. I wouldn't wake up, so he lifted the bed up and put it against the wall. So I ended up, you know, upside down against the wall. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? You know, obviously he cussed him out. And, what the hell are you doing, man? Stuff like that happens all the time, you know. You just, you know, in hindsight, it's funny and it's, uh, you know, you laugh at it. But I, I'll tell you what, man, I was pissed off at that point. <laughs> I can understand waking up upside down and get you a little little irritated. <laughs> but you know, you you have no idea what's going on, right? You're in deep sleep, and then all of a sudden it's like, geez, what's going on? Well, he had a good time, and he had a good laugh out of it. And I, I can laugh at it now, you know. Oh yeah, Stuff like that all the time, man. Well, man, I really appreciate your time today, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, Andrew. It was it's been a pleasure. You too, man. Hey, keep, we'll keep in touch, man. I'll, I'll let you know when, uh, when I got something uh, for you guys to listen to, some new stuff. Absolutely, buddy. I will, I'll make All sure right. I do that. You take care of yourself. Okay. You too, man. All, All right. best. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. That concludes today's episode of the Metal Bob Live podcast. Please see our website for our sponsor links. Thank you for listening. Metal Bob out.